Hey everybody, I'm Nick Davis. Welcome to Simply Not Easy, the podcast about simple action steps to improve the journey of your life as I work to improve the journey of my own. What's up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Simply Not Easy. We're here in the depth of uh, not really in the depths. Um, we're just here in March Madness, and it's a great time. Uh, loving all the basketball that's going on. Actually, this weekend, I'm taking a review course, um, or more of a reminder of how much I don't know course, to get ready for my board exam. And that national board exam is going to be in October for me. So we finish up these last two months of school, then from there we'll go ahead and go on our very last clinical. I'll be down in Texas for three months at that great clinic I was talking about. Uh, then from there, we've got about a month and a half off or so, um, debating whether I get a temporary license or not, because in New York, you can apply for a temporary license to go ahead and still practice for six months before actually um, taking and passing the exam. So thinking about getting a temp license, um, whether I work part-time or not before that, you know, it's not easy with these student loans, and it'd be great to get some initial experience before taking another even more serious job. But then I take these exams in mid-October, and so it was a kind of a good course. Um, I've got, with this being Sunday morning, I've got the other half of it coming up today. We're going from 8 to 3 today, and then yesterday was about 8 to 5. So, you know, really good, good review. We've got, I'd say, probably 90, 95% of our classes attending the course. Just a good review to kind of get ready, get our mental game plan around um, what we have to do between, hey, where am I at now, and where do I have to be, and have to be with confidence, and just working on bridging that gap, and closing the gap between where I am, and where I want to, and need to be, but like I said, we're in March Madness, and it wouldn't be a sports Sunday in March Madness if we didn't talk about basketball in some way, shape, or form, so we are, sports Sunday, basketball, you know, we're talking about a vertical jump today, about vertical, about kind of functionally getting up high, and this comes in a perfect time where today, um, later today, there's a great NCAA March Madness matchup between Zion from Duke, uh, then big man Taco Fall, who actually, I don't know his exact height, he's probably like 7'3 or something, but huge, huge dude. Uh, not necessarily that quick, but it's going to be a fun matchup seeing Zion drive in, um, and try and get some dunks on big man down low. So pump for that. But we're talking about vertical height today and how to get that distance, how to improve your training for your vertical, for your jump. Extremely important in the sport of basketball where you've got to have a lot of explosive power from bottom up and not only from bottom up, but springing up, but then getting ready to spring back up again, kind of always having the energy reserve, bam, 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 ready to go all the time. So, for why it matters, that's fairly self-evident. For basketball, you gotta jump high as far as just getting the ball from other people. You wanna be able to get to places where other people can't get to. And that's the main goal of it. If you can jump over people, if you can jump up high for a jump shot where they can't get to you as well, if you can go up for the dunk or even a high layup for some people. I mean, I can't dunk, but you know, going up for high layups, for defensive purposes, going to block a shot or just contesting a shot really well. Getting some good height on that is really important and good control with that jump too. So it's not only about the height and being all over the place, but you've got to have precision about where you're going and what direction and everything. So I'm going to break down um, kind of a simple guideline 
of what I look for when training athletes for jumping ability, specifically vertical. And with basketball, we have to think about what we're training them for. You know, it's very, very different training a basketball player to jump than it is a high jump track and field athlete to jump. The positions they were in are totally different. If you don't know what I'm talking about for high jump track or field, go ahead and look up a video of it. But basically, with the way physics works, they're bringing themselves into a banana shape and throwing it so that they're so far arched that their center of gravity isn't even in their body anymore. And it's cool stuff, you know, they used to kind of jump just almost like head first in a way um, and kind of straight until, oh, I want to say it was around the 1960s or so and somebody who was an athlete was trying to study, hey, how the, how the heck can I get more efficient at this? How can I have a one-up on everybody else? And I forget the dude's name, a great innovative guy, but he basically created that kind of jump, that kind of um, jump to clear that high pole where you arc your back and you arc your whole body in that banana shape so that your center of gravity stays lower. And because when we exert our energy against gravity, what really matters is our center of gravity and where it acts on with our body. So it can be confusing physics sometimes, but it's pretty cool stuff thinking about that. So the reason I bring this up about different kind of jumping, it's not just about jumping, but you have to anticipate the contact. Basketball is absolutely a contact sport, not in terms of football and wrestling where you're trying to plow over somebody or pin them on their back. Maybe back in the Shaq days, it was a little bit of that. But anyways, um, you have to go up and expect contact when you get up to the brim for a layup or a dunk or whatever it might be when you're driving by somebody and raising up for a shot, you know? Hopefully you don't get fouled, but hopefully you do get fouled at the same time, right? So as you jump up and you're ready, you've gotta be able to control yourself up in the air. So let's break it down, what does this thing require? It requires a lot of leg strength, you know? Um, it's tough, it's one of those tough things that the heavier you get, the harder it is to jump real high, but you've gotta have the muscle bulk and muscle mass to be able to jump and be able to do that. It's fast twitch fibers all the way. So those kind of slow type one endurance fibers, those marathon muscles, those aren't really gonna cut it for you. There's nothing about those that leads to explosive power. They can help with recovery just a little bit, but that's about it in terms of this. You need those type two fibers, especially those type kind of two, more like two X fiber. Well, so it's different. Some people, you need some 2A and 2X fibers as well. Those are just very specific types. Um, within it and you need you need a healthy amount a healthy dose of both um, as far as just a one-time explosive 2x they might be better as far as a get up and go and power through and get three jumps in a row in a real life situation where you're getting rebounds you're putting up those boards right back up that might be a little bit more 2a fibers either way you need a lot of those and that just refers to kind of how fast switch the muscles are and in addition to how fast switch the muscles are, their ability to recover as well. So we need that, that leg strength we talked about, leg power. So not just strength to be able to move a force, like you're squatting 350 pounds, let's say, but you can push, you can move a force, usually a lighter force, through a distance quicker. So that might be more of a lower weight clean and jerk, for example. And 
the other thing that you really need is a ton of core strength and core coordination. Like we said, we gotta anticipate that contact. So you've gotta be able to have counter rotation in the core. So doing exercises like a payoff press are fantastic. Well, you're, and you don't need to do those just in standing or in half kneel or whatever it might be. Get them in a single leg stance, get them in a basketball position. Or, you know, you wanna advance your skills, start off with a, just a standing payoff press, go to a half kneel payoff press. Uh, then get freaking dynamic with it. Those cables can move for a reason, right? Why don't you hold a payoff press of a very light weight that you're, you, you're able to control and then go through a Euro step motion with just the feet. So you get that footwork down, having to control your core at a much harder level, then do that to the opposite side too. So that when you do kind of get in the paint going after that Euro step, when you're driving that ball in against those defenders, not, not only are you used to having that motion in different resistance and doing it independently of our hands, because we can do a ton of stuff with our body when we've got our hand motion and our leg motion to counter rotate and counterbalance, make it more efficient. But we're gonna make it harder by not using our hands at first, so that way we can put the ball wherever the heck we wanna put the ball, wherever we need to to avoid the defenders, so it's not, man, it's not a requirement on having your hands in a certain way to effectively Euro step as well. And in addition to that, what we're gonna do is, with those payoff presses with the core and the cables, we're gonna push an additional demand on the core so that as we get contact from people along the way, we can still hang tight and we can still put up that shot as we counter stabilize against external forces. Because that's really the contact part of basketball is we've gotta be able to stabilize ourselves against these external forces and still get that output movement that we want. So let's train in that same way too where we have these external, varying degrees of external forces so that, you know, we talked about in the past about this idea of movement variability, about having these three kind of cardinal planes of motion, front and back, kind of left and right rotational, uh, then left and right kind of just like side bending down, like moving the shoulders side to side. Those are the three planes of motion, so we need to get resilient in the three planes of motion and in those combinations. We need to strengthen ourselves not only in these major ways of movement as far as actually executing the task, but we need to have other movements while we incorporate those things for counter stabilization. All right, I know I'm getting a little sidetracked right now, but just driving up to campus this morning, um, beautiful moon still out, kind of, we're just barely getting some light blue skies here as we're starting the day, and beautiful full moon kind of right above, almost looks like one of those Star Wars type scenes. Um, all right, so I'm getting distracted, guys but it's all about the counter-stabilization force. Now we've talked a lot about, okay, sweet, that's basketball jumping, that's jumping with anticipating contact and how the heck do you train for that? We got a little intro to that. Now, let's really get into what do you have to do to actually get that jump and that power behind it. So, jump squats are fantastic. I love loading people up under the bar. Let's say that normally you can you know, squat 300 pounds or something. I'm loading you up under for a back squat under 135 and actually having you jump through that and as long as I've screened you beforehand for appropriate landing mechanics. So I'll put that bar on your back, have you kind of control that bar and go down towards the bottom, jump up, not for a full height, but just to get that quick explosive power about how quick can you go down and spring back up. That plyometric idea of that stretch shortening cycle that we talked about on previous podcast episodes and going through that. Big fan of box jumps, especially with weights in the hand. So having just to add resistance. So again, like I said, taking the arm momentum out of it because in basketball, 
you've got to be able to control the ball in different ways and not be dependent on the ball just being in one single position for you to successfully complete the motion. Otherwise, you're going to get predictable in life and the defenders are going to hunt you down real good. So not only do we have those kind of controlled movements that you've got to go through in those explosions, but it's important to add variability to the arm positions as well, not just down by the side with weights, but, you know, maybe instead of not using weights or just using like literally five pounds in each hand you have the arms up directly overhead too and when the arms are overhead that's when you do your jump so that you know it makes it harder it makes it much more of a requirement on the core stabilization in that way but when you do that that gives you more power the whole key is is you want your training stimulus to be a heck of a lot harder than what it is in game time so that when you get to game time, you know, you don't want to get in a game and find out that you still have to get ready. You want to get in a game and be ready. And it's the same thing for me taking this exam, right? It's, I don't want to show up to my national board exam having to get ready. I'm taking this course. I'm getting prepared. I'm putting in the hard work because I damn well want to be fully ready. And in my mind, that's the only major option that I've got in there. So that's what we're going after. We're kind of really getting after it in that way. And making sure that we are fully ready. So you've got to be able to absorb that contact and be ready in game time to jump in there and get after it all along the way. And by doing that, you need movement variability of stimulus, but you've also, in addition to that variability, what you really, really need is you need resiliency in that. And that's where that strength comes in there. That's where that counter stabilization goes in there. Uh, then as far as other exercises to promote that, um, the jumping ability, you need to get those calves going. Um, you know, calves, especially the gastrocs, but the soleus too, fast twitch muscle fibers. You know, you're always on the ball, your feet with basketball ready to explode up and down. It's not all the time that, you know, you're balanced on totally just your, you know, your full 50% towards your toes, 50% towards your heels. It's not always distributed in that manner. So you've got to be ready whether you're a little bit more on your heels or hopefully a little bit more towards your toes, always ready to jump and be ready through that. So doing things like, you know, starting out with a warm-up with prisoner squats where you go down for a squat, come back up, and then a calf raise on the way back up, and doing those into an explosive way. Where if you think about landing mechanics, ideally, you want to kind of land towards your toes, absorb that contact, rock back to your heels, sink right back down. So if we reverse that principle for jumping up, let's jump up through our heels towards our toes, explode up through our entire foot that way, and then land down. So you're kind of reverse engineering it along the way that you go. Other exercises I like a lot are coordinated um, wall ball throws. So having the wall ball throw come up. So it goes up to the wall, comes back down, really quickly grabbing that ball, slightly absorbing the contact, and the boom, push back up. You're not even necessarily jumping with it. You wanna just focus on how can I get so freaking much force through the ground. That's your number one goal with it. Get that damn force through the ground because you need to hit that force through the ground to be able to get that force up through yourself to push yourself up in the air. And then keep testing yourself, you know? It's important to get the mental game going with this as well, to imagine yourself doing it. So not only should you keep doing these exercises, but test it out in games. Test it out, you know, when you're practicing, when you're warming up. Jump up to the rim, see how you're doing, so that you can not only get it in 
kind of the practice situation, training for it, but get it in the game, get it where it applies to you, and so that you can try that. Uh, then from there, work on those post moves or cutting to the room for a layup, whatever it might be. Work on how you'd actually utilize it in the game. There's often a disconnect between how we train and what how we actually set ourselves up for success in the sport. And yeah, we got to break those components down and hit it heavy, but we've also got to put it back into game time for ourselves. Another little tip I'll give is I'm a big fan of resistance bands. So you'll see a lot of kind of pro athletes, whether they're NBA, NFL, um, sprinters especially, whatever it might be, using like the parachute technology where they hit a parachute for wind resistance behind them. But even more so, um, getting kind of these resistance bands behind them and getting their trainers pulling down behind them. So getting a light resistance band, putting around the athlete's waist, other than from there, have them jump up and explode up through and get a running jump up to the rim. That's going to literally pull them back down. So if you're used to training in certain ways where you're pulling yourself back down, hell yeah. Because then you just to get there, you've got to overcome that force. So then you're used to powering through contact. You're used to hitting up through that stuff, through that resistance. So when it gets game time, one, when you get contact, it's not going to feel as bad. You're going to feel used to it. And number two, probably even more importantly, once you do, once you do go ahead and do that in game time without that resistance, you get that variability bam, you're just ready to go. You're ready to get after it. And it's going to feel easy to you. I mean, it's like running. I used to do a lot of running with a weight vest on just nothing bad, but 20 pounds just to throw some resistance on there for myself. And then when I would get to race day and I do it for shorter distances and everything, but then when I get to game time for myself, put it on that way, guess what? It is not as crazy at all. So I feel lighter. I feel ready to go. Plus it's a little more leg strengthening when I do it with the resistance. All right, everybody, I hope you had a great time with that. More importantly, enjoy these ball games, Enjoy March Madness. Embrace the madness out there. And, hey, enjoy life. Even if you're not a jumping athlete and, you know, you don't have any major injuries or anything like that, give some of this stuff a try. Experiment with movement. And I think that's one of my big messages is you don't have to be elite level to try some badass and cool stuff. And even sometimes the simple things can be a lot of fun. It's amazing what our bodies are capable of when our mind gives us permission to go ahead through it. All right, everybody, enjoy the ball games, enjoy life, enjoy the day. Simply not easy.